What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Up in Flames. As always, I'm your host, Mo Murphy. And for those watching, this isn't live at the moment, but you will be watching. And so for those watching, as always, I got the Prez, Chris LeBron, host of the Off the Ball podcast, president of the Off the Ball Network, one of the hosts of the Get a Bucket podcast, who have been doing great work on making me look at this tournament completely different. Him and Kev, I just got to say that because... I've been watching every game. I've been checking it out, but then being able to listen to them after break down what I watched kind of gave me some more insight as opposed to just watching it as a fan. I don't deep dive into college basketball. I love college basketball and I watch it, but I'm not deep dive. So to hear the insight on them is always great. And they're my gym. They're my gym. Listen, when I'm at the gym, I'm listening to get a bucket podcast when they drop, but I got Chris LeBron in the building, but we're going to get into a loaded NBA show, but we'll be back right after this. Telling you my problems, meditating my silence. But I keep pushing my pen, rotating my stylus. Brokenness feeling like sin, now no breath, low dollar. Used to be left on red, now all the girls go holler. Now all the girls go follow. All the fake fans gon' pile up. I need peace to borrow, get that shit right back tomorrow. Somehow all the fans go bravo, smile so much to hide my sorrow. Stay this shaky and bravado. I can't hold the frown too long. And we are back. And once again, like I said, I got my guy, Chris LeBron. I've already gave him all his tags and introductions. Chris, what's going on, bro? What's good, Brody? Hey, you know, another, on the show. Let's do it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, another day, uh, you know, recorded last week, recording this week. Probably was supposed to record a little bit earlier because I'm going to get your take on this real quick. So we're recording on Sunday. So if you listen to this post Sunday, I'm going to post this later or whatever. But if you are listening... The women's national championship is about to come up. So it's kind of a surprise topic. We're not going to deep dive into it. I'm not going to act like I'm a women's college basketball professional. But Caitlin Clark has taken over the internet. LSU and Angel Reese. Like, I'm going to be honest. This matchup reminds me of how they talked about Miami versus Notre Dame back in the 90s in college football. <laughs> Catholics versus the convicts. That was Crazy. like for South Carolina. It was, let's, you know... <laughs> Definitely yeah, uh, two different cultures going at it. 100%. And they get to turn around and basically do it, have an opportunity to do it back to back. So before we dive into NBA, Chris, I know you've been watching because we've all been talking about the women's college basketball tournament. I think this is one of the most exploited tournaments as far as getting coverage, people really caring, people really supporting women's basketball. What do you think about like the Caitlin Clark reaching the national championship and Angel Reese and LSU, I think this is their first time playing for a national championship. Like, what does this game mean for really women's sports, period? It's the biggest game. It's the it's it, the biggest games. You know what's crazy? When Sabrina Ionesco was at Oregon and she was hooping, it, it felt the same. But obviously, COVID kind of robbed us of, of seeing her maybe, you know, get this type of spotlight, you know, because she had a big name behind her and all yeah. that. And she was backed by Kobe and all yeah, that. So that, was, that was a big deal. That to me would have been, and obviously COVID and Kobe passed first and then COVID happened. So mm-hmm. that, that kind of hurt. And, and I thought, man, that would have 
really helped the game a lot. What Caitlin Clark has done is elevated the game, and it's it has people talking. I mean, how many times are people talking about women's college basketball? Just keep it bro, up. She's right? worldwide, bro. And she's worldwide right now. She is. It's, everyone's talking about her, and it's not just because she's scoring. It's how she's scoring. She's scoring at a, you know, she's shooting NBA threes. You know, she's shooting off the dribble, off the catch. You don't really see that in the women's game, right? Every, mm-hmm. You know, um, tough shots and all that, and she's doing that, and she's helping carrying this team, you know, that, um, you know, maybe the South – undefeated South – they haven't lost in, like, it feels like it's years. what, to last year. Yeah, so, like, yeah, you know, this team hasn't lost in a long time, and they beat a really good team with the potential number one pick in the WNBA draft on that squad and, and a tremendous coach, you know – legend in the game you know so this is great i, I love this because ola does is, is gonna when she eventually gets to the next level that star power is going to carry because it's, uh-huh. it's that's it's one thing about women's college basketball is that star power carries very yeah because you know the the impact is more you know right away because a lot of these players are playing three to four years of college and basketball. they're seeking that candace parker like yeah. they're seeking that Maya Moore, like, and I know don't don't get me wrong, no disrespect to WNBA. There's a lot of great players, and I think Asia Wilson is one of those. Like, she's the superstar of the league. But like, think about like what it set off when Candace Parker went to the Aces. Like that set off like we're starting the super team conversation. Like the super team has now reached the WNBA. Like we are having those conversations. We are excited to see what this looks like. And so when you have a star like Caitlin Clark. Caitlin Clark, I think you need to capitalize on that, and I think she will, and I think the WNBA will. There's um, two stars. You got Angel Reese too. She has her own star power as well too. So, star, and she, I think she's more. She's the villain essentially. Like I, I think she's become a villain of college basketball, mm-hmm. and you know I'm not gonna fully jump into that conversation, but you know the race baiting conversation of why I think she's the villain, but she's turned into her antics are like demolished and no, nah, no, nah, that's cocky and arrogant and this and that. Um, we've seen Caitlin Clark do the same thing. We've seen Haley Van Lith and it's been, but that's a conversation for another day. I just wanted to show love to women's college basketball. We are recording on Sunday. The national championship is about to happen. And so me, myself and Chris are not going to keep you too long for the simple fact. We both going to get off this podcast and go watch the women's national championship and have dialogue about it later on. So we're going to jump right into the NBA talk. And I figured I'd open the show. Obviously, every time I have Chris on, we talk about the Knicks. But I'm going to open up the show with the thing that everybody cares about the most in the NBA right now, and it's the MVP conversation. So I'm going to jump straight into it. Chris, who's your MVP? This is this is today, tough. Today. If you if voted had, today, who are you voting for? If I had to vote right now, I would give my vote to... Giannis. I would give my vote to Giannis. I'm not mad at that at all. I would have Joker two and Bead three. I think then why is it Bead three? Because there's I think there's a huge case on why he should win the MVP. So with you saying Giannis, I'm I'm good with Giannis winning the MVP. I wouldn't be mad at all. But why Joker over Embiid, I guess it would be the question. Because I I don't want to fall into that like, well, uh do I, can I give him three straight MVPs? Like, I'm not saying I'm a voter and all that, but like, I try to put myself in a votership. I try to take this as serious. And I was like, if I was a voter, how would I view this? And it's like, am I going to 
to um to look at that fact that he could be a three time three straight MVP and be like, I can't do that. No, I, I feel like it, I have to look at it very fair. And let's just be real. I mean, he's having a tremendous season. He's having an MVP season, yeah. you know? Um, and it's not his fault that he won the previous two years and all that because Embiid missed games. I mean, Embiid doesn't miss the amount of games. We're talking about him as the MVP, you know? And, and Joker right now, I mean, he's he's a triple-double. I mean, he's a, he's 0.1 shy of averaging a triple-double. He's at 9.9 at the moment. And I know some people are look at that and say, well, He's not really averaging a triple double, so maybe that hurts his case. It's like Dang. I don't. I was like, that's are we nip? That's nitpicking now. That's that's yeah, keeping, damn, he's man. averaging a triple double, guys. Let's just keep it a ball. He's, he's averaging a triple. In double. the next and, five games, he might up the ante on his what assist is at nine point nine, right? Yeah. So he might up the ante and he might average ten by in the next five six games. Yeah. So that's damn near a triple double. Like, yeah, like he's, yeah, he's man, averaging a triple double this season and all that. Like and. I just look at, you know, the team around them. And yes, I mean, they've played the most consistent bats. I mean, they've, they've had a little bit of a hiccup the last, you know, I would say month or so, but they're still in first place in the Western Conference. While everyone else in the Western Conference has been up and down, they've been the, 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 the constant there. And he's not doing it with all-star level players on his team. Yeah, he has good players, but he's not doing it with all-star level players and all that. So I still feel like I would have him too right now in that, and then bead three and I have Giannis with Giannis is being able to do this season with guys missing games and all that, you know, not having Middleton there for a lot of season and they're the number one seed right now, you know, to me that, that that's why I think uh, he, he's going to be, I mean, we had the same thing with him a few years back. Yep. Can we give him three straight. I don't mm-hmm. like that. I, I don't like that. And I get it. And sometimes I had that stays like, don't get just three time. Can Giannis be a three time and all that. And like, you know, what if Giannis didn't win a championship? Or do we even think about him being a three-time MVP period and all that? It's like, no. The regular season award, we can't worry about what happened in the postseason and all that. We're focusing on regular season award, regular season achievements. And that would be my order right now. It would be Giannis, Joker, Embiid, three. I think at one point, maybe a few weeks ago, I would say maybe Embiid was one, Joker, two, uh, Giannis, two, Jokic, three. But – Right now, guns in my head, I would have Giannis, you know, uh, being the MVP this season. And, and I'm not mad at that, but I'm I'm a play I'm playing devil's advocate because I'm kind of on the other side of it. And you know, I voiced this. We've had multiple conversations, so you know where I sit with this. And like, yes, I do think that we're humans, and that's where I think that matters. Is Jokic can go into unprecedented territory that we essentially didn't allow some of the greatest players of all time get into. And I know some people have pointed it to race or whatever. It ain't about that for me. It's about the fact, like, it's if if Giannis was here, I would say the same thing. If Embiid was in this position, I would say the same thing. We are talking about marking a guy who's never won a championship or played in the NBA Finals into unprecedented territory to join Larry Bird. And I understand that, that's where the race thing comes in. The last person to do it was Larry Bird. But Larry Bird, the champion. So, and he's won championships. So, I'm okay with Larry Bird being that person. This is one of the all-time greats. Larry Bird's one of the greatest players we've ever seen play. He's in the top 10, I think, pretty much hands down, essentially. But he is one of the greatest players we've ever seen play. When I look at Jokic, I can't put him in that 
category because he hasn't won a championship. And I know it's only supposed to be a regular season by regular season basis, but we all are humans and we take your past and we throw it in your face in the present and we will throw it in your face in the future. That's just what we do. And so Jokic to me cannot win three straight MVPs. I know a lot of people, a lot of guys I respect feel opposite, including yourself. And that's fine. I don't disrespect the opinion of thinking that Jokic should be the MVP, But what I'm saying is, I know it's a year-by-year basis, but the award has never been a year-by-year basis. We've never looked at the award and be like, who's just the best player with the best season this year? We've taken championships into account. We've taken what you did in the playoffs the year before into account, even if you're having a regular season, because we predict that you might might falter in the playoffs this year. And we even, and, and it'll go into a topic later, but we're looking at Denver and we're talking about they might have the MVP three times in a row and we're also seeing a row where they could lose in the first round of the playoffs. Like there's a couple teams that we see if they get that matchup, they might lose in the first round. One of those teams who is a possibility we will talk about here in a little bit. But I'm just saying, like I weigh that in is like, am I going to vote this guy for the third straight MVP and then he goes and loses in the first round? Like, but... But there is a but. What if he goes out and he wins the NBA title and he dominates? And, and, and that okay. can happen too. And then we're like, okay, I'm then we look at it completely different. Like, oh, he's a champion. So, like, I'm that validates the last two years. And you know? 100%, I'm all good with the but. What if he does win the championship? Because, I mean, Denver's essentially one of the best teams in the league, best team in the Western Conference. They very well, it would be. It would be unfair of me to say the number one team in a conference doesn't have an opportunity to win the championship because I think they could. Will they is a separate question, but I'm with you. Like, but what if he does go and win the championship? It validates if he wins three MVPs in a row and goes and wins the championship, it validate everything he's done up to this point. So I'm with you. Like, I, I, but if I, so, not, I said all that to say this. I'm going in B. I, I'm going in B. And I think, and, and it's for the thought process that a lot of people don't like, bro. He's old one. Like we we owe Embiid to win the MVP and Giannis, Jokic, or Embiid, any one of them could get the MVP. And essentially, I really wouldn't have a problem with it. To me, those are the three. If you pick one of those three, you could put all three of their names in a hat. I pick one, and whoever I draw, I'm like, that's fine. Anybody outside of that, I'd have a lot of questions for. And I think what the next person outside of that probably is Jason Tatum, and I think he's tier two. Like, I don't think he's in the same tier for the MVP conversation. I think he's tier two. So if you put all three of their names in the hat and I got to draw one and that's who wins the MVP and it's one of those three, I'm cool. But I'm going to give it to him. Um, I just think I just think he's been that guy, bro. I think he's played enough games. I think he's been healthy enough. Um, I know the NBA and NBA PA just agreed on some things, which what I don't like is that all the details came out about that because I think that's going to hold weight in the conversation for MVP this year. Now that we know that's going to be the thing going forward, playing 65 games and all that, I think that's going to sway people's mind of if he didn't play 65 games, he's not going to win MVP. I 100% well, think so. Giannis might not be in it if that's the case. And, and I don't think a B's going to play 65 games either. I think he might just he miss the two more. He needs two more for 65. He's at 63. Jokic is the only one. Well, he'll make it then because they got about six games left, even if he don't play. He'll get it, yeah. And and Giannis will probably get it too, but they're they're definitely, you know, at the threshold for sure. Yeah, but I'm going in B, bro. I just think like he's You can't go wrong with either three. You can't. You can't. can't. So like if if it does go in B, he deserves, all three deserve it. One thing I don't like before you get to your point, I don't like that. All right. 
if I think Jokic is the MVP, I got to trash Embiid or Giannis. It's like, no. Crazy. I was just about to go there. (laughs) And if I think, you know, uh, Giannis is the MVP, I'm not going to trash Embiid to make a valid point. And we tend to do that. A lot of people tend to do this with any type of argument, right? If the the typical Jordan, LeBron, or LeBron, Kobe, it's like, yeah, what? You know, you, you're trying to prove that LeBron's the best, but while trashing Kobe or trashing George, like, no, I think Embiid is the, you just mentioned, you think Embiid's the, 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 the MVP, you give me your points. And then you think, well, I think this, these guys are, are valid, you know, valid to win it. But I just think Embiid is doing this better than that. Or mm-hmm. doesn't mean I don't, you know, I'm not, you're not going to go and trash. I, that's the one thing I don't like. And it seems like we've done with the MVP this year. It is just. We're just going off narratives and we're just pulling we're just pulling things out of our ass about and you see this with you know the the, the big networks it's like no it's not about race it's not nobody nobody's thinking race when we're thinking MVP we just think all right well we think MB should win it because he should have won it last two or we think we can't give it to Jokic because or Giannis is carrying his team not having a true you know not having Middleton and all that that's why we think player A player B player C is the MVP it has nothing to do with you know the color skin. I don't believe that. And and, and like I said, Embiid wins the MVP the last two years if he just plays a little bit more games. Literally, that's literally we all know that. That's mm-hmm. nothing to do with race. Is like, and then just happened that Jokic was behind him the last two years, and you know, so like, you know, I, I don't I don't like the 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 we have to bring down a player to prove a point. Like, hey. I think Embiid's the MVP because he's leading the league of scoring, blah, blah, blah. You know this. He's had this team. And I think that. And oh, to a great candidates. But I just think Embiid's just doing that much better. If that's your point, you know. We don't have to break down. We don't got to kill MVP play of the type of players just to prove a point, you know. 100%. And that's where I was about to go. Like, when you were like, let me get this off my chest before I prove the point. That's literally where I was going. Yeah, it's like, annoying. It's annoying. We, we turn it into... The all-time conversations and the MVP conversations is like, okay, if I prefer this player to win the ch- win win it, win MVP, or if I prefer this player to be the greatest player of all time, well, the expectation is that you expect me to kill the next player. Like, yeah. and it always goes, I mean, you and me always, I, I don't even say, we don't always have this conversation. Actually, since we started podcasting, we kind of both deaded this conversation of the Jordan and LeBron debate together on a podcast way back in the day when I had first started, where it's like, bro, if you prefer, and, and these are your words, if you prefer Jordan, cool. If you prefer LeBron, cool. Like, I don't, because if I say LeBron's the greatest player of all time, me saying I got Jordan at two is not killing him. Like, exactly. To say you're the, to say Jordan is the second greatest player of all time, some people think, how could you say that? That's blasphemous. It's like, no, he's the sick. How many people have played the game of basketball? In the and NBA? I've labeled him and one I'm of saying the two that greatest Jordan's players the ever best. Play, bro. Well, I'm saying LeBron's the second best. Are we really arguing about that? Like, we're, we're arguing about, about one and two when it's like one and two. It's the like, greatest players. A bad thing. I'm pretty sure either one of those people, if I said, yo, when they first started playing basketball, you're going to be the second greatest play basketball. They, they would take that oh, shit. Like, like oh, they would easily take it. Best? You and tell me. Behind Mike? Bro, when you. we're born, if, you, if either of us were born and our parents were like, and, and it was real, they were like, hey, Chris, you're going to be the second greatest basketball player of all time. You take that. You would 100% take it. Like, we're peasants in the game, essentially. Like, regardless of what we did, we're not playing in the NBA. We never played in the NBA. We never will. Hmm. We would take that. So it's like, if if that was my destiny at birth was to be the second greatest player of all time, then, okay, there's only one person that y'all 
considered better than me. Outside of that, I'm better than all of y'all. And I could, it, when you're number two, you still could make the case that you're one and two can make the great, the case who's better, number two or number one. Like that's always the case in everything. The second best team in the country in, in college basketball, right? Like could make a case on why they're better than the number one ranked team in the country or, or in college football or the NFL, whoever we consider the best team, like the second best team has a case on why they should be considered the best. But we're not going to dive into all that. What we are going to do is we're going to talk about your Knicks. And before we talk about your Knicks, I am going to record this apology. So everybody, listen to me. Listen to me. I was one of those guys. And Chris can attest to this. And everybody at Off the Ball Network can attest to this. When Woj and Shams broke the news that the New York Knicks signed Jalen Brunson I don't remember the exact contract. It was four years, hundred some million, whatever. Mm-hmm. I said it was a bad. I said it was a bad move. They overpaid for Jalen Brunson. I one hundred percent said it. I clown Chris. I clown all the Knicks fans, Mario and Juan, and you know, not, never mind. Not gonna go down, bro. But Mario and Juan and Chris and all the Knicks fans who were a part of the Off the Ball Network, and I love you guys dearly. But I did clown y'all. Oh, y'all overpaid for Jalen Brunson. That's going. Bite y'all in the ass and and ha ha ha, you know, t- Knicks being the Knicks, being desperate. And now I'm gonna say this. I apologize. I am sorry. Jalen Brunson has now took a place in my heart where I feel like Dolan needs to go knock on Jalen Brunson's door and say, hey, let's rework this contract and give you a little more money. We owe you for what you did for us this year. But I said all that to say this, Chris. You are a New York Knicks fan. You are a part of Knicks Twitter. You have been on every Knicks platform possible, <laughs> from the smallest to the biggest. People want to talk to you to talk about your Knicks because your voice carry. But you've also been on a um, what CP show? I'm sorry, I'm not Knicks, Knicks fan. TV. Knicks, Knicks fan TV. TV. Sorry, no disrespect. I know y'all big platform. No disrespect. I'm just saying I'm not a Knicks fan, so I ain't expected to know all this crap. But Chris, you've even been on Knicks Fan TV. And Knicks Fan TV is huge in the city of New York. Knicks Fan TV is national. It's the biggest Knicks platform. Bro, 100%. You know, shout out to CP. I know you had him on the show before. But, like, bro, the man is on national platforms talking about his grind to make a Knicks Fan TV what it is. But you've been on that. You've been a part of that. You've done the draft show, all this. So you are notably a huge Knicks fan. So I'm going to ask you. Can the Knicks this year win a playoff series? And I'm going to give you the hypothetical so that you don't have to harp on that point. Julius Randle is back ready and healthy for the playoffs. Can the Knicks win a playoff series? And right now, it's basically, I'm asking, can they beat Cleveland in a seven-game series? That's basically essentially what I'm asking. I think they can, yeah. I I think they can. Will they? That's obviously a whole other thing. Can they? Yeah. We've beaten them. You know, we've shown we could play with them this, this season. So it'll be a fun series. That'll be it'll be a fun series and all. And it'll come down to Jalen Brunson being able to break down, you know, um, break down their defense and, and get them to, you know, to uh, get out of their rhythm defensively and be able to hit the open, you know, hit guys, you know, uh, at the three point line and be able to hit some three pointers and all that to win the series. But yeah, we could definitely win this. We could definitely win the series. You know, um, you know it. I think the Cavs would be the favorite simply because they have the home court. 
But this is essentially a pick'em series. Um, I think it's that close where I think the only it was going to come down to as home court advantage. And right now, they're three up on us, so they're prop they're most likely going to get home court advantage. But I think even with us not having home court, I think we could split at home in that series, and then we can win two at the guard. I think we could be up three one going back to Cleveland. You know, um, yeah, I, I, I truly believe that. Um, I think that crowd is going to be energetic at the Garden. You know, uh, and we show we can we could win some tough games on the road. So. I, yeah, I, I believe they could win. At, I mean, Randall being hurt is tough and all that, but – and we talked about this for the show, like, you know, we need him. But he kind of – not that this is a uh, – getting hurt is a blessing, but, like, he kind of needed a break in a way. And this is not the way I want him to get a break, but it seemed like he was getting a little temperamental. You know, the game in Orlando and all that, it was getting a little hot. But, you know, uh, he kind of needed a break and – I want to see Brunson be the guy in a way and see what he can do because, you know, they feed off each other and they need each other. And I think getting Brunson elevated Randall's game because he doesn't have to do as much with the ball in his hand and be a playmaker and all that. And that's where he gets become the Jewish Randall we've seen, you know, previous years where he's kind of all over the place. And uh, so they benefit from each other, but it was good to see, it's good to see uh, Brunson uh, these last few games take over as the guy and all that. But uh, yeah, I think they could win this, this series versus Cleveland. Um, if Cleveland's if Cleveland has their big guys, you know, with Jared Allen's playing too, but I think we can break down their, you know, they don't play defense, you know, their guards don't play much defense and all that. But if we're able to to um take away their big men and maybe get them in foul trouble, I think we take advantage, especially if Grimes is hitting is hitting shots. And our second unit is way better than theirs. They their second unit is is not good, and we have IQ, you know, OB and all that. Um, we, I think we'd be able to to do some work and take advantage of that, you know, especially that second unit and all that. That's where I think our, we could do most damage. But, yeah, I think the Knicks would definitely win a series versus uh, Cleveland for sure. Yeah, and I'm with you. Like, I, I am with you. I think the Knicks can win a playoff series. I think they could be in the second round. And I'll even go as far as to say, like, I think – and I know, like, yes, I'm going to throw my Miami Heat in there, but – I think these are like the Knicks and the Heat are two teams. Like if they do get out of the first round, a team, I don't think the Knicks or the Heat can win a championship. No, But I think if I'm a team who's trying to win a championship, I should be afraid of having to play the Knicks or the Heat in the second round. That's, I mean, I'm going to be honest, bro. The Knicks might be a seven game series for damn near anybody in the Eastern Conference. And so, well, yeah, because right now I think. We would play one four. After, uh, so y'all will play Cleveland we, right now. We would play one eight uh, matchup, I believe. Yeah, and um, if if uh, if I'm Milwaukee, do I really want to have to play the Knicks in the second round? Like, and maybe that only goes. I think there are six to seven game series, and we know six game series like four two sounds dominant, but it's really not. Like those games could be close and all that. And I think the Knicks, and I, I, I mean, I think my Heat are too, but. We'll see. Like, if the playoff Heat show up, then they are in that category. But if the Tuesday night against Charlotte Hornets Heat show up, then we'll take them out and we'll only focus on the Knicks. But I think there are six or seven game series for anybody in the Eastern Conference. And when I look at a team, I don't want to have to play the team that's going to push me to six or possibly seven at home to get it done on my road to win a championship. So, yeah, I do think the Knicks can beat... Uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers, 100%. I ain't saying they will. And like you said, will they is a different conversation, but can they? 
And, and would I be surprised if the Knicks were in the second round of the playoffs playing Milwaukee, we'll say? Would I be surprised? Hell no. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised and at that all. That would be a win. That would be a win. Just getting – I don't think we had any expectation. Like, I, I thought the Knicks would win between 38 and 42 wins. So, right now, in that range, they're the Knicks, already three games yeah. better than that range that I thought. That 30 People thought they were going to be a playing team, bro. I Let's thought they were fighting like, to be a playing team. I didn't know Brunson would make this big of an impact that it would it that way it would allow Randall to go up another tick and it would team. elevate the Knicks to actually be like I won't even say I, I'm not even gonna discredit them, bro. They're a very good team, very good. They're not great. They're not gonna win a championship, but they very good. Like they they're are really team. good. Yeah, and so very good is the step under great. And I think everybody, even in you know the Knicks world, can acknowledge like you're one. I won't even say superstar, but you're one star player. Like, and I'll just throw a name out there. Like, you're a Jalen Brown away from possibly being a championship team. Like, because Jalen Brunson has put himself, he's an all star player. I know he didn't make the all star game, but the way he's been playing, he's an all star player. He'll be in the all star game next year. Julius Randle is an all star player, obviously. Um, And I think if you could get another all star, I don't think the superstar is the answer. I think you got to give up too much for a superstar. I think the all, another all-star player to have three all-stars on your team, none of them will be superstars. Brunson, Randall, or even if you get Jalen Brown, none of them will be considered superstars. But three all-star players on your team, and I say Jalen Brown only because he seems like he could be the next person to be available. I think that could elevate, and I know you're going to have to give up some stuff, so you'll take away your depth or whatever, but free agency does exist that you can add whatever you give up. You can add to that. But like, I think a Jalen Brown on the Knicks team this year, I think we have a totally different conversation about the New York Knicks. So we went East coast. Now we got to talk about the big brand on the West coast, the Los Angeles Lakers. They're about to play tonight and they play the Rockets. And this is one of those games where they should win by 20. We shouldn't worry about, where the Lakers sit in the playoff or play-in series after this game, but we also know they are the Los Angeles Lakers, and if LeBron and Anthony Davis decided not to play tonight, none of us would be surprised. But at the end of the day, as of right now, as we're recording, they are expected to play. They're playing the Rockets, but that's not the question I want to know. I don't give a damn whether they beat the Rockets or not. They have an opportunity at six. They have an opportunity at the fifth seed. Um, they may not get neither. They might have to get through the struggle of getting to the playoffs through the play-in. But should teams, if I'm Denver, if I'm Memphis, if I'm Sacramento, because those are one, two, and three, should I fear the Lakers? Should I fear having to play the Lakers in the first round? Because they they probably won't get fifth, which will put them at Phoenix, I think, who's at the four seed. And I don't, if I'm Phoenix, I'm not fearing the Lakers. All right, we just going to go out here and do our business. We could beat the Lakers. We should beat the Lakers. But the Lakers could beat Phoenix in a seven-game series. But I'm more like Denver, Memphis, Sacramento. Should I fear the Lakers if they get that sixth seed? Or if they are get through the play-in and the eighth seed and I'm Denver? Or if they win the first play-in game and I'm Memphis and I got to play them for seven games? Should those top three teams fear the Lakers right now? No. Simply Why? because. Why not? Why Because this Why Laker not? team is like, all right, they, they have stretches where they look good and all that, but. They're one game, two games, they have their guys, and then they're out. It's just so up and down with this team. But they're like play- real quick, I feel like they're playing up and down because I think they're secure in being six, seven, or eight. Be a I'm talking about, once we're in the playoffs, they're they in the feel secure, though. They're not in it. 
they they still oh, can you're the not playing. Who who do you have beating the Lakers they in the playoffs? They can still lose. I mean, they could because right now they would be playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, right? No, they, they play New Orleans. They play New Orleans the seven eight. Okay, New Orleans is seven seed right now. You don't trust LeBron and AD on the road against the Pelicans. Bi Bi is on a mission. I don't give a damn. Bi is balling. He's playing, and, and they have guys who can defend oh, and, and be able to contain. You know, superstar Austin Reeves. You know, because we putting him on the pedestal and all that. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm so tired of the Lakers. Like, everyone says we need to stop talking about the Lakers, and then they win a few games. Yeah. And it's, Everything's leading with the Lakers. You can't uh, help yourself. I, it's, it's I've never rooted for a team to not make the play in and all that. Um, or no, I hope they lose. Don't do that shit. I'm tired no. of the Lakers. No, no, um, no. LeBron needs to go to the playoffs. I don't think. I think if they, if they, let's say they're the eight seed, and let's say they win the play in and all that, and they play Denver. We'll just hypothetically say and they, they play. And you're not scared if you end up getting. I, I think Denver takes care of business. I think. That's not the. I mean, that's not. If you're Denver, you're like, damn, we got to play the Lakers. That's a tough a, first round, period. Whether you think Denver, you can play, or not, that's Denver, the second games. Denver is better than the Lakers, even with the Lakers constructed the way they are. If they're healthy, but that's the biggest if. But if you look at a team, if and I'm gonna ask you this question: if if you're Denver and you're looking at the eighth seed and you're like, they possibly, and, and let's just be honest, I know they're not gonna. See, we lost we lost the host. He got so excited about this. So I'll, I'll continue while Mr. Mr. Upper Flames gets the show back. I just don't think if I'm the Denver Nuggets, I'm fearing the Lakers. I don't think Denver is gonna fear them. I think that Denver has enough ammo to go with the Lakers. I think the Lakers, yes, they've added, you know, uh, uh Vanderbilt has been great for them, especially defensively. You know, D'Angelo Russell can do some stuff, but I just don't think Denver goes into that series potentially scared of the Lakers. And I know, but it, I just feel like we just we're hyping the Lakers so much because we want the Lakers to get in. So I feel like that's what's, you know, why people think the Lakers can win the first round. But, you know, the Lakers haven't shown us that we can trust them. <laughs> so just because they're playing solid ball of late and Denver's struggled a bit. This is a different game when it's a seven-game series. And I know they're going to have LeBron and all, but LeBron hasn't shown he's been healthy. A- AD, you know, hasn't shown his, his ability to stay healthy and all that. And, and even if they're full goal, I still think Denver could win the series in six, you know, personally. So, you know, what the Lakers have done to, to put themselves in position, you know, um, is very impressive. But they're still struggling, so... There you go. I, I continue to talk to with my Lakers. My guy, I, I'm so glad. I don't know what the hell happened. Google Chrome kicked me out of Chrome, but I'm glad you was able to continue the conversation. So I'm so yeah. glad we we, so, we here. I just think Denver. I don't think Denver's going to be tripping if they have to play the Lake. They have to play like like they're going to have a tough matchup regardless whether it's Minnesota, whether it's if if it's Dallas gets in somehow. Um, who else is in the you know? The Pelicans are playing good, you know, and there could be a way that Zion plays in the playoffs if they get in and all that. I, I just, but the Lakers matchup, I'm not tripping if I'm Denver. I think you have the pieces to match up against with the Lakers. And like I said, the injuries, like they've been so, and we lost Mo again, but like they've just been so up and down. And I just don't trust them when we go to a playoff series. And maybe 
you know, I think this would be a series. It'd be a fun series. You know, we go six to seven, but like, um, it, it'll, uh, I think Denver still has enough to get it done. Yeah. Their defense has been a little inconsistent, you know, of late, <laughs> but I just don't think the Lakers have enough. Maybe if they, this team, if this was the team from the jump, maybe I have a different feeling. Maybe they're, you know, they're probably in a way better position if the Lakers had the team they have now early in the season and which they probably should have done when they made the trade with Westbrook and all that, because the dad knew that just, we all said that wasn't going to work. And, you know, it took them a few tries to figure out the right roster to put around Braun and AD. But, you know, um, regardless, the Denver Nuggets are going to have a tough, you know, um, you know, eight seed opponent, whoever they play at this moment, it's, you know, whether it's, you know, Minnesota Lakers, Pelicans, Clippers, you know, the Clippers might be in there the way the Clippers are, you know, been so inconsistent too, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, um, the Lakers have played better. They've definitely saw, but fear, I I think because it's, we're thinking about LeBron and AD and what we've seen them do, but they we've also seen them miss games and get hurt. And LeBron's foot, we don't know how that's going to look. And AD just, well, he just sprained his ankle and all that, like, who knows with that? I know he came back, I think, but uh, I don't know. I just – there's so many other factors. If I saw a little bit better, like, with health-wise, I would feel maybe maybe I would feel better about maybe the Lakers upsetting Denver, but that's a big factor for me, and and I think Denver has enough to, to, uh, to get through and pull through if that's the case, if it's a 1-8 and they play the Lakers. Yeah, 100%. And uh, Chris, first off, I appreciate you. So my Google Chrome is acting up for some reason. It's kicking me out. So if in mid-conversation, Chris ends up taking over the show, it's for the simple fact Google Chrome kicked me out and I got to log back in. But the Women's National Championship is about to happen. So I I, I do think teams should fear the Lakers. I'll give my little, like, I I think they should fear the Lakers. That's not who I want to play in the first round. But like you said, I'm with you. I think Minnesota. I think the Lakers. I think OKC. Like, I think all the teams that you may have to play in the first round are all tough. Like, I think everybody's fearing everybody because there's not really essentially a typical eight seed type of year. Yeah, there's not in six, seven, five, four, five, six, seven, and eight are not ideal matchups for the first round, period. Like, that four or five matchup in the Easter Conference. And the Western Conference is like, damn, I don't want to have to. Like, if I'm Cleveland, I'm like, damn, I don't want to have to play the Knicks. If I'm the Suns, I'm like, damn, I don't want to have to play the Clippers or Golden State in order to try and win a championship. And so I think, like, the Lakers fall into that. I just don't think it fully falls on the Lakers. Like, I think it's more than just the Lakers. Like, if I'm Denver, do I want to have to play Minnesota in the first round when I'm trying to win the championship? So before we close out, and me and Chris go and proceed to tweet our thoughts and opinions on this wonderful W. Uh, I was almost about to say WNBA women's national championship that we are about to watch and watch two superstars go at it in Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark and Iowa and LSU in this national championship. I just real simple. Who has the most pressure to win a championship? It, it, it's very simple. There's a few guys on the list, but in your opinion, who are you looking at? Like you have to win a championship this year in the NBA. Not the W or not the women's. You, you had me confused with the championship. I'm like, oh, we got Caitlin Clark got no, pressure already. We not go kill oh, in, the, in the league. Um, there's a there's a lot of guys who have pressure. There are there are 100. Who's I on the go, top? I can go with Boston with Tatum and Brown because that situation 
We might not have a Tatum and Brown next season. It's been weird. Yeah, it's, it's been a weird, weird situation. They haven't been as crisp. They played better of late, but they had a little stretch where it was not looking good. And Tatum went from maybe being the MVP to probably he'll finish fourth or fifth. So Tatum and Tatum has pressure, especially how he played in the finals last year. Who's at the top of your list? Don't roll down your list. Who's at the top of your list? Who's the guy you're looking at and you're like, number one. I'm going to kill him on off the ball podcast. That's what I want to know. Number one player with the most pressure is. Just say it, bro, because you're going to kill him on off the ball podcast later on anyway. So just throw it out there. Who are we expecting to get killed if they don't win a championship? Are we going to talk about who have realistic chances to win it? We'll have our yeah, yeah, yeah. Realistically, I mean, we're not going to kill a guy who we don't think can win a championship. I gotta go with James Harden. Harden, James Harden. I usually would get on James and all that, but I feel I've said I've had Philly going to the finals. Um, I, I had them going against the Clippers, mm-hmm. and you could put the I, you know, I might have to put. I already killed. You know, uh, Mister, I'm a number two option, plenty of times. So I'm not going to give him that. Um, um, but uh, James and Kawhi, I think they're tied, simply because I had them in the finals. Um, and I know it's weird to say Kawhi. Has no, it's pressure. not. No, it's not for some people because you just look at it like he got two rings in a hockey. You say a guy with two championships, but <laughs> but exactly, but this dude helped put this team together, right? These are big reasons, right? And we kill LeBron, we kill KD. My man, just because he doesn't have social media and doesn't talk. He, he just, picked you know, I think I just switched my, it, it's it's Kawhi. Because that team, that team is what, six seed right now. And they're only a half game out of being in the play-in. And the Lakers out. could win tonight and I think jump yeah. the Clippers essentially. They've been so inconsistent and this, this, he made a mistake. <laughs> He made a mistake picking Paul George as his number two. He made a massive mistake. Let's just keep oh, yeah, going. he picked the guy who's just as injury prone as him. It's not even injury prone. He don't have he don't got the dog in him. He just said, I'm not the number, I'm not a number one. Yeah, I ain't that dude. Right. That's that's accepted. You, you don't say that though. One, but if I tell you I'm not a number one, but I got Kawhi, I'm allowed to say that. We all know Kawhi there on that team. You I'm allowed. Say that. You cannot say that out loud. So you're not allowed to say that I'm a number two on a championship team. You can't say I'm not it. <laughs> he said I'm not a number one. I'm a number two, and I'm with a guy you, who's you better saw, than me. That's bro, okay. That's, right. that's not why they got you there. They got you to both be ones, and you said on him there to say said on your on JJ Reddick's podcast to the world, knowing the world, and you knowing your reputation in the playoffs, pandemic P, and you said that out loud. Keep that to yourself. Keep that. But I'm mad at him for saying that. Like you can't say that. I'm a number two, and there's a and they've been trash since he said that. (laughs) And they've been trash since he said that. Yeah, and he's also been injured, so I'm mad at you for that. There's a lot of guys with tie to me, like Kawhi, Kawhi pressure. There are hard to say one, but I'll roll off some names. I'll, Kawhi has pressure uh, because his, his his number two just said he's a number two, um, so <laughs> that just pissed me. That pissed it, it, nothing has pissed me off more than that podcast. It's one of the most annoying things, and I and I said that on a few shows. Like, how do you say that? Harden, I think, has pressure. 
um, to get it done because I feel like he only has a, a few more years of of a high level basketball before he gets it done. KD obviously because nobody gives him credit for winning two, and they'll probably won't do it for Phoenix too. So he's gonna have to win like eight to win it. But there's pressure to do it there. Um, I don't think the Lakers have pressure. Some may think so. I don't think the Lakers are in, are in that pressure mode. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Spider has some pressure because of who he got traded for. I mean, play people he got traded for. Uh, and then uh, if you lose to the Knicks, if you lose to the Knicks in the first round, they're going to be people be like, Maybe, but maybe. is his pressure to win a championship? His not, pressure is to win a playoff. Advance. It's the advance. If he loses in the first round, yeah, okay. Be people oh, saying yeah. like, and then not essentially with championship, but like, if you lose in the first round and you lose to the Knicks, it's like, yo, we brought you here to to get somewhere, and we lost to the Knicks in the first round. Like the Knicks but are a good that's team. That's such but... a shitty thing because the Knicks are a good team and very welcome yes. to Cleveland, and we're going to build Donovan Mitchell for it. But like if you're Cleveland, if you're Cleveland. Losing to the Knicks is not what you want because oh, it's like, well, are we worse? Because we you're it. better than the Knicks on paint, right? You have better, better talent. You have more talent. You got two all. You got three All Star players on your team. Are um, they that much and better? Then you have a Mobley who could is everybody has been talking, and even myself, I talked to Mobley big time this season, like before the season, like that guy is people are saying he could be Kevin Garnett esque or or Chris Bosh esque. So you have this talent. You should you should beat the Knicks. And all that, and if you don't, that could be a disappointment, and all that. So you know, there's there's pressure for a lot of players, and all that. Um, but like at the top of my head, Kawhi has pressure, KD, uh, Harden. You know the Dallas situation; they might even make the playoffs to play it. So they, there's they, no pressure for them to win the championship. The pressure is to make the play-in. Like that's their pressure. They have to make the play-in, but their pressure is way different than just making a play-in because even the play-in is. Might not be that's a whole nother level, but yeah, there's some yeah, guys yeah. under a lot of pressure. Jokic, yeah, you got to put Jokic in there too. Because if he win three MVPs and you lose in the first round, oh, we got to talk, buddy, because you're eliminated from winning a fourth. <laughs> it's yeah, be like, hey, oh, he will not win a fourth, it don't matter. He could average a trip 20, 20, and 20, and we still yeah. ain't getting him for he losing. Be in there, but there's a lot of uh, a lot of players under pressure. I mean, I would say. You know, um, I mean, who else is under pressure? I mean, I, I would even say, you know, I wouldn't say pr- much pressure, but like Jimmy's under there because they could be how that team could look. That could look very different. That team next year. Yeah, but at this point, is if Jimmy Butler don't win the championship, do anybody give a shit? I don't think nobody cares because of where Miami's at right now. Like nobody cares. And like, so, not- uh, Chris Paul too. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe not. Maybe they're not going to crucify but- Jimmy. They're not going to like the Randalls and Brunson and Jimmy and. Bam, like they're not gonna crucify them if they get knocked out in the first round. They're gonna be like, This is exactly who we thought you was. You got to the playoffs, you played a competitive now getting swept in the first round. Like, if we're talking if my thing is if we change the conversation about outside of a championship, then there's a boatload of players who have pressure because like if the Knicks got swept by Cleveland, yeah. then now we're talking about Brunson. I won't even say Brunson. We'll say Brunson shows up. We're talking about Randall a little bit different. I know how you Knicks Twitter motherfuckers do. Randall, I think if, if he were get swept, I think the, the conversation would be with Randall and can he be your, your number right. one? And so my thing is this. All right, so you went through all the players, and I think a lot, a few of those players are on my list 100% sure. So I'm going to go the coach's route. 
Because you went through the players, you named them. There's one coach who has all the pressure in the world to win the championship, really to advance as far as possible. But I think anything short of reaching the finals could be his job at stake. And you're going to 100% agree with me on this. Mm-hmm. Doc Rivers. Oh, it's 100%. It's Doc Rivers. Like, Philly has the best opportunity, I think. This is probably the best team surrounded, surrounding Embiid. I think this is the best opportunity for Doc Rivers to finally stop living off his championship that he won, what, 12 years ago? Going on 13 years, essentially, they won in, what, 2010? 11? 2008. 2008. Jesus Christ. So we're going on, what, 15 years? years. Yeah. Of this guy being considered... A, a championship coach. I think Doc Rivers, like you went through the list of players, so I'm not going to go on the players route. I'm going to go Doc Rivers. Like if they don't make a finals, if they don't make the conference finals at the very least, and I think that's bare minimum. And I think for him to secure his job and them not figure out what's the next move for Philly. But I think when we talk about Doc Rivers, I think we're talking about if Philly loses in the first or second round, yeah, like, I think Doc Rivers losing his job is a trickling effect. We've heard James Harden okay. is James could be dipping too because if James leaves, this could be a trickle down effect. And if I'm J- if if I'm Joel and B and Harden, I'm sure they have their conversations. My thing is, I don't believe everything that sources say, but at the same time, like rumors don't start out of nowhere. Like it ain't like you and me. Like it's not like oh Mo Murphy from Up in, Up in Flames reported that James Harden want to go back to Houston. Like no, because nobody was gonna tell me that shit. That would just mm-hmm. be a a thought. But with it being out there that James Harden possibly could see himself returning to Houston, like rumors start for a reason. And so if Harden leaves, if they lose in the second round, Doc Rivers gets fired. If I'm Joel Embiid, like what am I doing? Why am I staying in Philly? Mm -hmm. At this point, it looked more like a rebuild than a reload. I just lost my second best player. I know Maxi nice and he probably could be my second best player. But then we starting to talk about possibly unloading Tobias Tobias Harris's contract in order to gain some help. So now I'm like, bro, I might have lost two of my three best players after me. And so, like, I want to be out. And so if I'm Joel and B, all I'm going to say, before we close out, all I'm going to say is this. Doc Rivers has the most pressure to win. I think Philly could blow up after this. And if I'm Joel and B, as much as I don't like the city and as much as I don't like the location, if I'm Joel and B, I ask out, send me to Portland. I've no. been saying this. No, send me to Portland. I don't think he'll go. I don't care about the business aspect. I don't care about none of that. Send me to go play with Damian Lillard. Like that's what I, th- I, I think. I think it'd be the other way around. I think, I think he would be like, all right, send me, go get me, go get me Dame. But I'll say this. Dame has been the person to say he's not leaving, even though it seems like he's eased off. I of think Portland's going to force that situation. I think Portland's going to be like, yo, Dame, we know you're loyal. We love you here. You're going to get a statue here. Maybe one day. But you got to go dog. You got to go because you got to rebuild. They're actually hurting us, even though you're averaging your career highs everywhere. But we're not going anywhere, so we have we rather just blow it up and try to rebuild and and do it that way than keep you here. And you're in 30, you've mid 30s, ruin your career, you're gonna ruin your career. So it's actually benefiting you that we try to trade you. We we trade you somewhere, we're not gonna trade you to freaking Detroit or Charlotte, we're gonna put you somewhere where you can win and have success because we want to see you win. I think that's how it's going to happen. And I think but that's been my bold prediction that he ends up in Philly. Dame Lillard, um, you know, especially if Doc's out and, and Harden leaves. I think that's my that's been my bold prediction. Uh, money wise, it works out. They have contracts that that uh, that that uh, 
make it uh work so um so uh i think i think that'll and and pieces of that uh that in return that you can get that are solid so i think that that'll be the case for uh philly but uh yeah i think that's gonna get forced otherwise i don't see mb going to portland i don't think that's gonna happen um i think it's the other way around where they try to force their way to try to get someone um especially if you think that hardens it, it all depends how Harden plays in the playoffs and if you see his his uh his body's breaking down, which we have seen, you know, so that could be a real thing and all that. Yeah. And you want to maximize Embiid's because Embiid body could be breaking down too. So, um, and it is, you know, I think we don't, I think his, 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 uh, his, uh, his prime is going to end quicker than what uh, it, it would be if he didn't have all these injuries and all that. But uh, I think the other way happens, but uh, yeah. Doc has a lot of pressure. There's a lot of pressure because uh, I think when it comes to coaches, I think Doc one, I think Malone is two. Um, but I'm not gonna go into killing Denver. I'm gonna let them live. I'm gonna see what they look like in the playoffs, and then when the se- when the season's over, and the Nuggets, Monty don't too. I think Monty Williams has because this is relationships with you know with how, and all that. Um, real quick before we go, how much is it on Monty? I think Monty has an excuse this year. I think going into next year. Monty Williams has all the pressure for the simple fact. I think adding and Kyrie had spoke on this <coughs> um, with being added to Dallas. And I think it makes sense. Like I think adding Kevin Durant mid season and then Kevin Durant getting hurt backs off of Monty Williams, getting all the pressure, even though we just, as soon as they got Kevin Durant, we favored Phoenix and this and that. And who's Only gonna, if Katie's hurt. He has excuse, but, but if the, Katie's healthy, but no, the no. fact of KD getting hurt already looks like, you know, and KD is one of the the only thing about Kevin Durant that I don't kill him for it. It's like his best worst enemy is that he's the one superstar, probably in NBA history, that I think you just throw him on the team and he fits. Hey, he's a plug and play superstar. I've and heard many people say best, that. He's- that's his best worst enemy because as great as he is, we know when we throw Kevin Durant, we can throw Kevin Durant on thirty rosters. And we we don't doubt that Kevin Durant fits on any one of them. It doesn't matter who it is. We don't doubt that he fits on any one of them because of how great, because of the way his game is, he fits right away because he's just that kind of guy. Like he's a plug, like you said, plug and play superstar. But I also think like because Kevin Durant had sprained his ankle or whatever and sat some games. I know he's back and I know he's playing, but at the same time, I think like right now we. The fact that they didn't give, like, I think uh, team chemistry could be to why Phoenix doesn't win the championship. So I think Monty Williams more, I think all the pressure is on him to win next year when he walks into next year with Chris Paul, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Kevin Durant for a full season. And I know injuries are a thing and Chris Paul gets hurt, Booker hurt, Kevin Durant. But I'm saying, I think that'll be more, we'll be on Monty Williams heading in September, October, heading into the NBA season as opposed to we will right now. Like, I think we'll give him a little bit of grace. Now, if they get knocked out in the first round, different conversation, but if the Suns went to the conference finals, lost or whatever, I think we give him grace on like, oh, he, he underperformed unless he blatantly got outcoached. That would be my only thing, but Chris, mm-hmm. I appreciate you for joining me. I, okay. I appreciate everybody for tuning in and listening, but we've already missed some time. You know, you guys are going to be listening to this later, but we've already missed some time of this Women's National Championship, so I am your host, Mo Murphy, as always, of Up at Flames. That is the president of the Off the Ball Network. That is the host of 
the Off the Ball podcast, and also one of the hosts of the Get a Bucket podcast, Chris LeBron. Appreciate y'all for tuning in. Appreciate y'all for listening. Enjoy the Women's National Championship for college basketball. And on that note, up